Good morning. Today's reading is taken from Matthew chapter 5, and we're actually going to start at verse 10. And it's found on page 968 of your Bibles. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled by men. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men, that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. This is the word of the Lord. Shall we pray? We pray, our Lord Jesus, that as we look at your kingdom and the blessings that are found in it, that you would cause our eyes to see and open up our ears to hear. We pray for your Spirit's work as we hear your words now. Amen. It's fair to say, isn't it? No one likes feeling different. No one likes to stand out. I remember as a child, one of my most feared days was the school non-uniform day. Because everyone had Reebok Classics. Uh, Ask me about them afterwards if you're too young. Uh, And I came in with my kind of high techs, and I was made to feel very different. Or perhaps we found ourselves in that situation where we're watching a football match, either in the stand or the pub or something like that, and uh, we find ourselves that we're, we're kind of amongst the supporters of the other team. And our team score, and we muffle our excitement, don't we, for fear of feeling different. But so unpleasant is that fear that some of us govern our whole lives with the aim of avoiding it. I'm sure I'm not the only one that's kind of pretended we like things that we don't really like, or we've said we've done things that we've not really done, or say that we can do things we can't really do, all with that aim of not being excluded, so that we don't have to feel that painful feeling of feeling different. See, no one likes feeling different, do they? Now, that creates a bit of a tension, doesn't it? Because clearly, the Christian life does make us different. Our priorities are different. Our life decisions are different. The the way we govern our lives is completely different. And that creates a bit of a tension, doesn't it? Because on the one hand, we know we're to be different, but yet we don't like that feeling of difference. 
And perhaps even, I know I have from time to time, been tempted to kind of downplay our difference or tempted to hide away our faith so that we don't stand out. Perhaps even some of us are here this morning and, you know, we're, we're convinced intellectually about the claims of Jesus, but we've just not taken that step over the line because of this very issue, because we're worried about it making us different. What would my friends say? What would my family think? But our passage this morning helps us to see that difference is not something to fear or avoid, but something to embrace. In the second week on this Sermon in the Mount, and um, we saw last week that this sermon acts like a manifesto of Jesus' kingdom. And we saw last week why it's good to be in his kingdom, who are truly blessed. But this week, the subject changes because now Jesus focuses on the difference that kingdom creates and the opposition that will result. But Jesus wants his followers to be absolutely convinced that that difference is not something to avoid, but something to embrace because, as we're going to see, it reveals our, our domain, it reveals the authentic disciples, and being different ultimately makes a difference. See, first of all, it reveals our domain. See, Jesus has spent um, the previous verses talking about the blessing of the kingdom, but now notice the tone, tone changes. In fact, we saw it uh, right at the end of last week's uh, reading, at verse 10. He says, blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness. And verse 11 spells out that persecution. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. It's a very different tone, isn't it? But wonderfully, Jesus doesn't kind of smuggle in the terms and conditions. He spells it right out, right at the beginning, that actually there will be opposition. Following him will make us different. And that difference will be uncomfortable. But notice what he says about this opposition at the beginning of verse 10. He says, blessed are those who are persecuted. Uh, we saw last week the word blessed, it kind of means happy. This is the good life. And notice verse 11 again, blessed are you when people insult you. And you think to yourself, why say that? What is Jesus getting at when he says, actually, happy are you when people speak about you? Now, it almost is so obvious it doesn't need saying, does it? But being spoken against is not a good thing. It is deeply uncomfortable. It brings out our differences. And yet, Jesus says, verse 12, rejoice and be glad. Why this response? Well, notice in verses 10 and 12, there is this little because or for and whenever we see a because or for in a verse, that tells us the reason for why the statement is being made. And notice what it says in verse 10. Because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And in verse 12, we get a because and a for. Because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way, the pro they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So here's the reason we can rejoice 
and give thanks, and we're blessed, is because it shows us that we're part of a different domain. See, this isn't Jesus pretending that opposition doesn't hurt. This isn't kind of sticks and stones and all of that. It does hurt. But here is the reminder that we belong to a different domain. Um, I'm British, uh, but I don't really think much about being British every day. I go through my life, I probably, you know, it doesn't cross my mind uh, much at all. Until that is, I go abroad. And then I find myself getting frustrated at the different queuing systems I see around the world, or lack of queuing systems. Or I find myself uh, talking about the weather, and no one's interested, would you believe it? <laughs> and then at that point, I'm reminded that I'm a citizen of a different domain. And it's kind of that sense here, as Jesus' disciples go out to the world, as they live differently and as they invite that opposition, that actually they're reminded they're not from this world, they're of a different domain. Now, when I became a Christian, this was very helpful for me because I remember there were some close friends of mine who I heard had been kind of talking against me Apparently, they've been saying, I can't believe Rob's got into this Christian thing. He's the last person that can call himself a Christian. I won't give you details of why. Uh, but I, I was pretty upset by it. I thought, I haven't really done anything wrong. You know, being a Christian's not wrong, as far as I know. Um, but then a friend said to me, don't be discouraged by that. In fact, if I was you, I'd be encouraged, because it shows you something has changed. They've noticed something different. And that changed my whole perception from difference being something that hurts to something that helps. Now, of course, we've got to give the pain in the neck caveat. Uh, you may be spoken against for very valid reasons. I certainly am uh, from time to time. You may just be awkward. You may just be a pain in the neck. And it doesn't count, obviously, to be spoken against for those reasons. But actually, as much as we try to avoid it, the New Testament reminds us very clearly that everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. But as we see, this is not something to be feared, not something we have to shun, not something we have to run a mile from, because it reminds us we're in a different domain. Perhaps you feel that difference this morning pretty acutely. Perhaps you are conscious that you're the only one in your family who's here, or you're the only one amongst your fa friendship group who's Christian, and perhaps you've come and you've had enough of the teasing, or, or perhaps you fear what might come your way. You want to be open at work, but you worry about what your colleagues would think. You want to be open with your friends, but you're worried about the difficult questions. But Jesus says, even if that happens, blessed are you. Rejoice and be glad because you're in his domain. But why does it have to be this way? Why the difference? Well, uh, we see secondly here that be being different reveals what an authentic disciple is. See, we see secondly here that Jesus moves on from how the world treats disciples to how the disciples are to treat the world. And he uses probably one of the most famous images in the whole Bible, but also probably one of the most confusing. Uh, it comes up in verse 13 where he says, you are the source of the earth. 
Now, my prep this week, um, I've got massively into sodium chloride. Uh, as I thought through, what on earth uh, does salt of the earth mean? I mean, I know what salt is. Everyone knows what salt is. We put it on our dinner. I put far too much on. I get told off. Uh, but it makes it taste good. So is Jesus saying you're to make the world taste better? Or some commentators point out that actually salt is a preservative. Um, in the ancient world, you didn't have freezers. You would put it on meats, a bit like Parma ham or something, and uh, it would preserve the meat. Is Jesus saying that we're a kind of preservative of the world? Some commentators say that. Then I read in another book, it could be used as a fertilizer, and then I read in another book that there's in fact 11 different uses of salt in the ancient world. Would you believe it? So what does Jesus mean? But then I noticed that actually, from what Jesus goes on to say, this might not be the most important question. See, notice what he goes on to say in verse 13. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled by men. See, notice Jesus' focus here is not on what the salt does, but rather on what the salt doesn't do. See, his point is that salt is meant to make a difference. See, when Jesus says, if salt lost its taste, he's painting a kind of absurd picture here. See, everyone knows salt is meant to be salty. That's its job. In fact, the word he uses here is the idea of becoming foolish. It's a kind of uh, notion like a chocolate teapot. You know, it doesn't make sense. Although someone did make a chocolate teapot. But anyway, that aside, it's that kind of idea. Everyone knows salty is meant to be salt. You put it on your chips You don't expect them to taste bland, unless you've got COVID. See, and it's the same for the disciple. A disciple is meant to be different. That's the job of salt. That's the job of a disciple. See, to not be different is like saltless salt. See, imagine you just popped the salt on your your dinner, and you tasted it, and it was completely bland. Well, you would throw the salt out and think, what a waste of money. And Jesus says that actually that is similar for his people. You're meant to be different. And to not be different is unthinkable. It's like the saltless salt. See, this helps us, doesn't it? Because we're meant to be different. We're meant to have different priorities in life. We're meant to have a different compass for our world. And that difference isn't something to hide or the moment we encounter opposition, something to think, my goodness, what's gone wrong? See, to be like that is to be doing our job. Now, this doesn't mean we all kind of purposely go out our way to be different. I mean, it doesn't say be weird, and it's good, I think, when the church is not weird. Uh, We still wear similar clothes, we still do similar jobs, we still uh, go through life doing similar things to everyone else around us, and I think that's a good thing. But there is a difference in terms of what governs our life. See, remember last week we saw seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. See, difference is not something to avoid. In fact, not being different is something to avoid. Now, this is a deep challenge for me as I looked at this, because I thought this salt of the earth thing actually has a sting in its tail, doesn't it? And I was asking myself, I hope it's not too corny, but am I salty enough, Rob? 
Do, I, do people around me get a sense of my difference? And I think there's a real challenge here for the church, both here at St. Mary's, but also further afield, isn't there? Our denomination, in an effort to kind of stay relevant and to stem the hemorrhaging of members, sadly so often wants to follow the world rather than uh, what is said here. But that is to shoot ourselves in the foot. See, to be different is to retain our distinctiveness. But why does it matter? Why be different when it's so painful? Well, because this is the thing I want us to take away today. Being different makes a difference. See, it's not just that we're different for the sake of being different. That difference has a purpose. And we see it in these two images in verses 14 and 15. Uh, Jesus says, you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Uh, Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand. It gives light to everyone in the house. Now, again, there are two pictures, and they're both kind of absurd pictures, a bit like the saltless salt. A city on a hill, everyone knows, cannot be hidden. Now, given he's talking about light, I think he's speaking here about a city at at night. Uh, You know, if you've ever been on a flight at night, uh, it's absolutely pitch black, isn't it, outside. You have got no idea where you are. But then in the distance, you see the lights of the city and the outline of its boundary. And you can imagine that picture, can't you, in the ancient world, the the darkness you would have experienced, and then to see this city in the distance on a hill lit up like a glowing metropolis. And the second image is very similar. Uh, No one lights a lamp to hide it. I went camping a few weeks ago, um, it's going to be a while before I go again, I think, because the first night it rained uh, all through the night, and we were stuck in the tent, and obviously it was pitch black. So what did I do? I got the lamp out, I tied it to the roof of the tent, and we tried to make the best of it. But, you know, it would be unthinkable, wouldn't it, to get the torch out, to light it, and then to put it back in the suitcase. It would be absurd. See, cities on hills are meant to be seen lamps are meant to shine. Now, what's Jesus' point here? Well, he comes in verse 16. In the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Now, good deeds here, he's speaking about what he speaks about in the sermon, that different life. And when he says, let your light shine before men, it's literally in the face of men or in the face of people. In other words, don't hide your difference. Let the light come out. Let you be seen as differently, uh, different. Why? Well, notice what he says at the end. That they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Not to glorify you, and Jesus will go on to talk about what that looks like, but they may know your Father who is in heaven. See, this is as close as we get, I think, to Jesus' mission plan for the world. See, we're not, as Christians, called to kind of come out the world and be monks. Uh, we're not called to go into the world and establish his kingdom by force or by law or by legislation or anything like that. It is by this route. It is by being in all spheres of life, workplaces, social groups, sports clubs, friendship groups, living differently, 
showing actually we've got a different way of being us. So that others say, why is that? And then they see that actually it's because of God and him alone, and then come to recognize him for themselves. Now, I'm sorry I've said this a few times, but it's so profound in my life. The biggest factor for me becoming a Christian was not that I sat down and looked at the gospel. That did come, and that was vitally important. But it's not what drew me in initially. Initially, it was the difference Christians made. I remember in the student bar in my first year, chatting to a guy, a pretty normal guy, and he just mentioned that he was a Christian, but not in any sense of it being weird or him kind of forcing the agenda. It just was kind of clearly part of who he was. And it just started getting me thinking, maybe there's something here. Maybe that's important. Maybe I should look at it. And I know there are lots of stories like that here at St. Mary's. It's wonderful to hear people who have had a friend who has got a slightly different view on life, and they've thought to themselves, I wonder if there's anything in this. And they've looked at it, and they've come to know God for themselves. Or a spouse who's um, seen the difference it's made in their spouse's life. I know that's not always the case, and you know, we continue to pray uh, for that difficult, very difficult and challenging ministry. But for lots of us, that will be, uh, uh, there are stories like that. People who have seen the difference and come to praise the God in heaven. Do you see the point? It's not that difference is something to avoid, not something to run from. If, in fact, if we do, we lose our kind of cutting edge. See, it's being different that will make the difference as we go out into the world. Now, I'm so excited about hearing this as a church as we go forward, because here's the kind of vision for what Jesus wants us to be out in the world. Um, I know life is not easy, and it does feel like the temperature's going up in terms of uh, the the resistance we uh, might face. Uh, That may go up, that may go down, we don't know. But I'm sure at all times it will be difficult to be different. And there will be that temptation, I'm sure, to kind of shut the doors of St. Mary's, and have a great time in here. Now, it is great being here. I love being here on Sundays. But actually, Jesus wants us also to be out there, being different, being salt, being light, being a city on a hill. Difference is difficult, but we shouldn't avoid it because being difficult, uh, being difficult, being different reveals our domain. It reveals an authentic disciple And being different ultimately makes a difference. Let's pray. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how could it be made salty again? Our Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the vision of the Lord Jesus, for his people. And we're so sorry, uh, our Father, for where we um, fear other people's opinions and fear the difference in our lives. Please help us, Father, to live as Jesus calls us to live, as souls, as a city on a hill, as a lamp, uh, letting the light shine in all the house. And we pray this for ourselves, but also for us as a community and for the wider church as well. For we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, well, thank you for your questions. We've got a good number of questions in.
Uh, we can't do all of them, but we'll do quite a few. So, Rob, first we'll start with how much should we be worried if we're not experiencing persecution? Apart from feeling relieved, how, how much should we be not worried? Doesn't that mean we're not proper Christians? Well, um, we obviously need to be very careful why we might be facing persecution. We've all met people who are just a little bit awkward and... Um, uh, and you think maybe there's a reason for some of the jip you're getting. Mm. Um, so we just need to be careful to examine that. We don't want to just automatically go, well, I'm getting a hard time off someone, or, you know, I'm being persecuted for my faith. Um, I know in my case it's often been because I've been annoying and I need to say sorry. Um, but um, I guess there is a bit of a sting in the tail here because, as I say, verse 13, um, the image leans more towards the negative rather than the positive. So... And positively, we're to be salt uh, of the earth. But actually, there's this um, Jesus' challenge here. If the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? And, um, you know, I think I want to let that kind of tension sit there and say, actually, Jesus is asking that question of us. If, um, if we're not distinct in any way, uh, what use are we? Now, don't hear me wrong. Jesus uh, is the very means we become Christian He's the very means that we're saved. None of us look at this sermon and think, well, we've done all this. We need to cry out to him for mercy. But I guess we want to be honest about that challenge and think, actually, is the reason I'm not experiencing some opposition or some kind of expression of that difference because, because just that's the way it is? Or actually, is it because I'm not feeling bold enough to, to put myself forward? Okay. So um, another question we've got is, how do I tell my family about Jesus when they're just not interested? Um, I don't want to be annoying. Well, great, yeah. Um, sorry, not great situation, but great, you don't want to be annoying. Um, it's good not to be annoying, um, uh, so people keep telling me. Um, <laughs> I, think, um, I think just, I don't know, I think this is just a very helpful passage. I was conscious uh, lots of us are in difficult situations like that. Um, you know, I've, um, that's not an experience that's alien to me either. Um, and perhaps, you know, like me, you've gone in kind of hard and kind of, you know, said two ways to live or Christian explored and it's not gone down very well. I think this is a passage that really helps you because it helps you show what your purpose is. It's to be different, to be sought, uh, to live differently. Um, certainly pray that there'll be opportunity to speak, but not think just because I can't speak doesn't mean I've got no um, role here. So, yeah, what does it look like? to actually um, live openly as a Christian um, might not mean explaining the gospel every five minutes, but it would be um, living distinctly. So I think this just really, really helps us uh, in that. Um, you said to me outside it's good to be good-humoured as well, not take yeah, too Yeah, yeah, so if someone is teasing you about it, or, or give, you know, then, then we can just take that in good humour, can't yeah, we? Yeah, yeah, we don't have to no. yeah, jump on everything. No. I mean, I've got a few members of my family who've fall away from faith. Uh, one's my brother, and he won't let me talk about mm. it at all. He's really prickly. But I can say, oh, I've prayed about this, or, you know, just, I, but I can't ask questions. Mm. But actually, Jamie, our son, has been able to talk to him, so I just need to keep praying. And similarly, my nephew went away from faith for 12 years, and um, I know, again, Jamie was able to talk to Sophie, his wife, as I was a little bit. And 12 years later, they've started going to church, and someone else has invited them outside the family. But we were called to pray and to love them, you know, yeah, even though yeah. they're not doing what we want them to do, we yeah. still love them. Yeah, yeah, thank you. 
Sorry, you're asking the questions. Oh, so I am, aren't I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Rob. <laughs> okay. Um, in this day, how are we able to speak out and be different when the law of the land doesn't always accommodate this? Should we openly speak without fearing persecution? Yeah, I'm not a lawyer, but I think the law of the land does accommodate um, freedom of speech. Um, but Chris is, works in the legal service, so I could ask the question again to her. Um, I guess we all see videos on Twitter or whatever of the street preacher who's um, got in trouble with the police. Um, and because of that, or those little incidents, which you know, are rightly contested, um, I think we then fear that actually this is the kind of case across the whole land. Uh, but actually, it's not illegal. Um, it's maybe culturally uncomfortable, and it certainly is um, in a British culture, uh, but I don't think we want to sort of hide behind that. Um, I think we also just want to show huge amounts of grace. Um, so it's not about, as I say, going back to that incident at uni, it wasn't the guy forced the agenda, it wasn't the guy who was making me feel bad, it was just this sense of, actually, the reason he's a holistic kind of person is primarily because of uh, his faith in Jesus, and that got me thinking. So I think that's the kind of sense yeah. here. Yeah, and I'm not a lawyer, but I, meet, I, I work with a lot of them and I work in criminal mm. justice, and it's not illegal to talk about our faith. It is uncomfortable, our culture's against us, but the law's not. And in fact, there's these protected characteristics, and religion is one of them. Mm. I know it feels that it's only applied to other religions, but actually that's what the law says. Mm. So I think it's more about us feeling uncomfortable than mm. anything illegal. Um, yeah. Mm. So, um, last question. Are our good deeds more important than words from this passage? How are our good deeds different to other good people around us? Um, are they more important than words? Um, not sure how to answer that. Uh, I, I, I wouldn't want to trade them off like that. So, um, I think words and deeds go hand in hand. Um, and the trouble is, as evangelicals, because we want to say we're saved by... Uh, grace alone, through faith alone, through the basis of God's promise, we can end up kind of driving a wedge between that and deeds. Um, I don't think the New Testament kind of does that in that same way, and this, the sermon shows us one of the places of that. So, of course, we do need to talk to people about the gospel. Of course, someone can't come to faith without understanding the gospel. No one's going to look at you and think, oh, you're a really nice guy, or oh, I'm going to trust in Jesus. They need to hear uh, that message. Um, but actually, if we just go out as kind of, you know, just telling everyone, ignoring uh, our lives and ignoring kind of the response we get, actually, we're not going to achieve much as, as well. So um, they go hand in hand. Um, the words need to be spoken, and that certainly gets emphasized. But actually, I think our danger is that we downplay the, how, those, uh, how the gospel affects our lives. So both, both are important. I'm sorry, that's a fudge. Um, how are good deeds different from other people around us? I could say a lot on this. This blew me away when I started to think about this because when I was looking into Christianity, I wasn't that kind of tear away. At least I don't think I was. I wasn't, you know, yeah, oh, yeah, anyway. Um, uh, you know, I, I believed in things like justice. I believed in things like um, hearing voices that don't get heard. Uh, I believed in things like, um, you know, uh, being greedy is um, not a good thing. But actually, as, as I looked and as people quizzed me on that, I realized actually I didn't have a firm basis for those things. So I had this instinct that justice was a good thing. I had this instinct that actually people shouldn't be greedy. 
But actually, that was just my opinion on things. And actually, if someone came across with a different opinion, actually, there's not a way of saying I'm right, they're wrong. Um, and so actually, over the years, I began to see that actually, here is the very reason I care about these things. Uh, it's because of Jesus. Um, I've got friends in a similar place. They, they, they care about those things. And I, I, I quiz them on this point. I don't feel I've got a satisfactory answer of why justice matters, why um, uh, helping the vulnerable matters. But I think actually, as you look at the gospel, you see um, why it is. So why are, how are our good deeds different? Well, they may not look different always, but the motivation for them and the reason behind them is completely different. So that's just the starter, but I'm happy to chat more on that. Thank you. Well, there are